Hey, what up, fam? It's your boy Norm, and I would like to welcome you to episode 86 of the Evangelical Norm. It's February 4th, so I want to say give a shout out to um, my black brothers and sisters out there. Happy African uh, African Black History Month. African History Month. Black History Month. Um, it's really ironic, I think, that the couple of things I want to talk about today uh, happen just as we're coming into Black History Month and their, uh, the impact of these things on the black community. And so ultimately, I mean, starting out, I want to talk about this uh, horrendous uh, abortion law that just went into effect in New York that uh, there were essentially celebrations of this law that ultimately allows for abortion up to the time of birth. Uh, it is essentially a law that, that makes it clear that many people on the left are convinced that the birth canal is what magically confers personhood onto a baby. That whatever, you know, as long as... I mean, there were, there's famous questioning of, of Barbara Boxer in California asking her if, you know, if the child's foot were still in the uh, birth canal, if it would be legal to, if she would be okay with aborting it then, you know, talking about partial birth abortion and stuff like that, which is essentially what this law makes legal up until the point that that baby is, is out and on his own, uh, they can kill it. And it's a horrible law, and the the fact of the the fact that it's it's happening in New York is significant because right now, even before this law passed, the the statistics show that there are more black children aborted in the state of New York than there are that are born. That the the scales have 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 weighed so heavily towards abortion that they've literally tipped. To a greater than fifty percent of of pregnant at, uh, black women in New York are having abortions rather than having their baby, the scales have tipped to a greater than fifty percent, and that's scary. And I can't imagine what this new law, how much that's going to increase that number. And, and I just it makes me think back to just the the beginnings of Planned Parenthood. Uh, the racist history of Margaret Sanger, who is the founder, the the horrible situations that that she advocated for, um, you know, the the horrible things she said, uh, calling uh, black people human weeds, um, you know, just horrible things that, and, and it almost feels as though that in the years since it's. Uh, Inception, I can't think of the word that I'm, I'm trying to think of, but uh, since the beginnings of Planned Parenthood, it has literally targeted the black community. And that's horrifying. And we need to, to, to have more people speaking up about this and, uh, and, and sharing the gospel with people in, in the hopes that the Holy Spirit will change the hearts and minds of people who are so pro-baby killing 
and it's it, again it's not choice because the left is not about choice they don't want to give us a choice on on much of anything else except for whether or not to kill babies and that's so that's the the horrifying thing and then of course we we move down the the coast uh to virginia where again this week we see have seen videos of uh, state legislator Kathy Tran being questioned about a bill that she's put forth that again would also ultimately uh, allow for abortion up to the time that the baby is being born. Literally, the question was if, if this woman is dilating, if she is in the process of, of going into labor, uh, would it be okay if the doctors and she conferred to kill that baby and she said her law would allow it. Um, horrifying. I mean, this is literally infanticide, and we need to use that word more. We need to use that word. We had a at our elders uh, retreat this weekend, and we talked about evangelism, and we talked about uh, being an agitator. You know, um, uh, the. Doug Wilson did his his burning couch video, um, in before November, uh, and literally we were talking about that evangelism is really setting fires, and this in in this situation we need to be setting fires. We need to be agitating. We need to be so blunt and so upfront with our with our push for abolition of abortion. That, that we literally look like the agitators. It's it's time to stop, uh, you know, rocking back on our heels and, and being on the defensive. It, it's time to go on the offensive. And don't hear me, and now I know there's going to be all kinds of people who are going to accuse me of inciting violence. I already was with just some tweets that I'm, I made this week. I was accused of inciting violence and I don't even know what the word was. Some kind of terrorism that the guy accused me of. And then, of course, he blocked me um, after he accused me of that. But we need, to, we need to be forceful. We need to be like the Apology of Churches and you know other churches and other ministries that are out there that are outside of abortion clinics and preaching the gospel and calling women to not murder their children and raising up uh, a, adoption ministries within our churches of people who will say that will go out there and say, I will adopt your baby. And, and being those, uh, what do we, we, we came up with a term that I, I really want to put on a business card, a cultural, cultural arsonist. I want to set fires, not literal fires. I'm not in, I'm not advocating anybody to violence but I want to uh, I want to set figurative fires under people's butts to to get people out there to advocate for the abolition of abortion I want people to hear these horrible things and be so angry that they will that they will get off their butts and do something about it. Not violent, not, and once again, I am not advocating for violence. The, the, you know, we, the, 
topic of the tweets that I was accused of being a terrorist in was about the fact since 1990 there have been 11 abortionists that were murdered by pro-life people who obviously did not understand the difference between justice and vengeance because justice and actually both justice and vengeance belong to the Lord that justice has been given over to the state to administer and vengeance is God's and no one else's and so we rebuke and we condemn as vehemently those people who went and killed people like George Tiller um, we condemn them just as much as we condemn George Tiller for killing babies it's the same thing so don't hear me that I'm advocating for violence in any way but I am advocating for action we need to get out and we need to be at abortion clinics we need to be on the street preaching the gospel because that is what's going to change hearts and minds and of course this Virginia bill led into the um, the stupidity of the Democratic governor is what I would call it um, in his interview uh, on the radio essentially advocating for infanticide again he made the comment that um, you know that what would happen in this situation would be a baby would be de delivered and resuscitated if it was the parent and the doctor's decision to do so um, while they determine whether or not they kill this child and I'm like I, I, I can't even imagine that but that was, a, that was the statement that was made, essentially, in a nutshell. That was what was discussed um, by this governor. And so he became the target of, yeah. and again, it wasn't anybody on the left. Nobody on the left was condemning him because of his statement. And people were actually, you know, applauding him for his support of this bill and so on. Until a, I don't know if it was a college or a high school yearbook picture popped up of him in, and we don't know which one he was in the picture, and now he's saying he wasn't in the picture, but there's a picture that was supposedly him of a guy in blackface and a guy in a clan outfit. And initially he apologized for being in the picture, and then he turned around and said, I'm not in the picture. And so, but the horrifying thing, and and that's horrible. That is, it's despicable and it should not be done. You know, he dressed up as Michael Jackson and so he darkened his face and blah, blah, blah. And that's, you know, it's stupid. It was racist in the 20s when they did it and in the 30s and the 40s and it was racist in 1984. I mean, we, I don't know. There was a movie, the Soul Man movie with... I think it was Rob Lowe or uh, I, I believe so I don't remember Thomas Howell or Rob Lowe one of those guys uh, that supposedly went through a blackface thing and you know stupid is what it was let's just call it that um, racially motivated I don't know the guy I don't know where he is and what his his motivation behind it was Honestly, I don't think he needs to resign now. And and here's the deal. I mean, it's, again, this comes back to having a consistent worldview 
where we are and we see it not just we see that it is it is displayed that people on both sides do not have consistency in their worldview because when when we look at the right republicans whatever when kavanaugh was on going through his hearings for his confirmation and the stupid things that came up from his yearbook the republicans were all saying well you know that was high school and that was years ago and he shouldn't be held accountable and he was a dumb kid and blah 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 and now those same people are like northam has to or i can't remember northam i think is his name has to resign because this is this is unacceptable and da 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 and yes it was unacceptable for that to happen back then for that to be put in the yearbook unacceptable should he resign for it now no it was 30 years ago i don't know how much this man has changed over 30 years he may be an amazing governor he's a democrat so he's probably not but there's a lot of republican governors that are horrible too so i mean just our our political system is jacked up right now but i don't think a man has to resign today for something that happened 30 years ago we've gotten into this thing you know kevin hart because of tweets that he made 11 years ago he can't host an award show and kavanaugh because of stupid things that we're in have to has to pull his his nomination from the supreme court because of things that happened you know now if he had actually sexually assaulted somebody that that's different the action is different than stupid quotes or whatever that's in a yearbook and a stupid picture that is in a yearbook there there's a difference and i i i never believed that he was guilty of that um i didn't see enough proof so again i'm i'm getting derailed but it comes back to, again, coming back to the consistent worldview. And on the other side, the Democrats were all looking at Kavanaugh and going, you have to resign because of the things that, or pull your candidacy because of the things that are in your yearbook. And not a whole lot of them are calling for Northam to, to resign over this, you know, stupidity. And I think some more of them are now than they were. But what it boggles me on that one is... The fact that there are people who are so much more angered by a picture than they are by the statement which essentially advocated for killing babies. There's a problem there. Didn't need to resign and and nobody was calling for his resignation when he made the comment about the baby. Nobody, left or right. A picture of a stupid kid... 30 years ago comes up and now suddenly everybody wants him to resign or 75% of people want him to resign. And there's a, a 25% on the left that are like, well, you know, it wasn't that bad. So again, we've got a, a political system that is so jacked up. Um, and this downward spiral in the area of murdering children that it is getting worse and worse day after day. And now we've got, you know, Republicans that are standing up and going, well, here we go again. We we need to raise money to, to get more Republicans in office so we can put an end to this horrible uh, practice of abortion. And the problem is, is they had that for two years. 
For two years, they had every opportunity to completely defund Planned Parenthood. They had every opportunity to pass tons of laws regulating or uh, essentially negating Roe v. Wade. Again, Roe v. Wade is not a law. It is a Supreme Court decision. It is an opinion of the Supreme Court. And it is not a binding law. And states like Arizona and, and uh, Idaho where, and I don't know what other states may have it, Utah I would hope does, but I don't know, um, that have laws on the books that make abortion illegal need to resist and push back against and just absolutely ignore Roe and start enforcing those laws because Roe is not a law. But the Republicans had their opportunity to pass all kinds of laws that would essentially negate Roe. Because that's what should have happened in 1973 when this decision came about. All the lawmakers should have gone back and gone, okay, well, this is what the Supreme Court says. Now let's find a way to make these laws to where they are constitutional. That didn't happen. People just kind of backed off and and put their their heads in the sound and just let 61 million children be murdered since 1973 because of a decision by a Supreme Court and an impotent, feckless uh, legislative branch of the, the government that did nothing. And multiple executive executive branches, presidents that went through office that did nothing. I mean, how many Republican presidents have we had since 1973? Five? Four? Any of them do anything significant to abolish abortion? We had the Mexico City rule. Um... We, we're not going to give money to countries that uh, for abortion anymore. That Okay. What else? How many times did we have the trifecta of, of Republicans in office in all three branches? Or in, uh, there we go, in, uh, Andrea Ocasio-Cortez flub up there. In, in the executive and both branches of the legislative, both houses of the legislative branch, how many times? It was a Republican Supreme Court that gave us Roe v. Wade. A Republican majority gave us Roe v. Wade. Or a conservative majority, we should say. The right is not doing anything to get rid of abortion, even though they're trying to convince you that they are. I don't think Kavanaugh or Gorsuch are the pro-life judges that Trump promised. And again, all of these things um, directly impacting the black community right at the beginning of Black History Month. And it's, it, it, it's ironic to me. You know, because of the, the influence that abortion has and then this whole other um, resurgence of, of racial tension because of the, the surfacing of this picture. It's, it's crazy to me. And again, what it comes back to is the preaching of the gospel. You know, and understanding that 
um, you know, there are some actionable things that can be done to, to literally help in, in communities where, you know, economics are bad and, and, and so on. And where, you know, there are tons of broken homes and where there are kids that, that need mentorship and stuff like that. And there, there are lots of actionable things that can be done. Uh, but ultimately, the ultimate solution, and I'll stand by this all the time, and I'm sure I'm, I'm going to get comments about um, how wrong I am, but the ultimate solution to all of that is the gospel. It is preaching the gospel and, and praying that the Holy Spirit comes in and does what the Holy Spirit does, which brings conviction of sin, draws people to Christ, changes, regenerates, and changes the way people think, grants them the gift of repentance, metanoia, to literally to change the way they think. And that metanoia, that repentance, and that comes through the gospel is going to be what puts an end to racism, what puts an end to abortion, um, what puts an end to um, all sorts of hate crimes, right? I mean, we'll, we will always call, as Christians, we will always call homosexuality a sin. We will always say it's, it, the transgender issue is sinful. That transgender is, is, there's a mental illness involved there. And it, and ultimately it comes down, it boils down to sin. We'll always say that, but attacks like happened on, I can't remember the guy's name. I don't watch, I'm not much in the way of current pop culture. I can name you a lot of Christian hip hop artists and stuff like that, but so I apologize. Smollett or whatever the guy's name was. I, and again, I don't know if there's some questions about the attack or what, but this guy was attacked. This guy was beat up. And it looks like it may have to do with, I don't know if it's his sexual orientation. It's obvious, something to do with apparently the fact that he's black. Um, but any of those things, attacks in those ways should not happen. And that's what repentance does. Somebody who thinks we should go out and beat up gay people does not understand, again, the difference between justice and vengeance. And, you know, we do not, we're not under the Old Testament laws and uh, requirements for the law that we go out and we, we kill people for different sins. Jesus was killed for all sins. And so now we patiently wait to see what the Holy Spirit is going to do. We preach the gospel and we pray that they will be drawn to Christ. And then we wait and let justice be meted out when when God is ready to do that. But it has to come down to preaching the gospel. That's going to be the answer to racial reconciliation. Preaching the gospel seeing hearts changed and the way and minds changed through the Holy Spirit. And it's not going to be convinced through clever arguments 
or Twitter fights. Only through the Holy Spirit are we going to see these things happen. <coughs> the gospel is the answer to racism. The gospel is the answer to abortion. The gospel is the answer to uh, trans issues, LGBT issues. The gospel is the answer to all of those things. And it is on us to lovingly preach the gospel. Yeah, Beth Moore, we got to speak the truth in love. And that's a requirement. That's not something that should be a problem for you. Or anybody else. When we state that we are speaking the truth in love, that's exactly what it is. And it means that that's a, probably a truth that those people don't want to hear. But we have to speak it anyway because it's the only loving thing we can do. The only loving thing we can do for the, the white guy who thinks he should go out and beat down black people or vice versa, the black guy that thinks he should go beat down or shoot up or do whatever to white people. The, the only loving thing we can do for them is to preach the gospel to them and pray that the Holy Spirit will convict them of their sin and draw them to Christ and grant them repentance. The only loving thing we can do for our homosexual neighbors out there is to preach the gospel and pray the Holy Spirit will convict them of their sins and draw them to Christ and grant them the gift of repentance. Go down the line of every hot-button topic and the only loving thing we can do for them is to preach the gospel, pray the Holy Spirit will convict them of their sin, draw them to Christ, and grant them the gift of repentance. And how can they hear unless somebody preaches? Right? That's what the Bible tells us. And it's why I end every one of these episodes with the same words. As always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words, because they're necessary. And until next week, happy Black History Month and Soli Deo Gloria.